Welcome to Don't Tell Mama, where we spill the sweet tea on all things Southern. I'm Mandy. I'm Leah. I'm Katie. And you're listening to Don't Tell Mama. hurricane season is here it is a special time of year in the south where you don't know if what you got planned next week's actually gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) so from you know category one where we can sit on the porch to category three where you might want to fill the bathtub up with water uh, to category five where it's time to move to higher ground (laughs) You just don't know what's going to come. And then even anything in between, like the tropical storms too, can be a little ratchet as well. Sometimes they're nothing. Sometimes they're kind of uh, crazy as well. Yeah. You'll get like so much rain. You can't see your yard anymore. It's just like completely flooded. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just another day and you can go to the mall. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I've had tropical storms where I just went to work as usual. and, And Ed's had tropical storms when he was like at scout camp. And the like cabin flooded. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Camp Wilkes. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, you just don't know uh, what you're going to get. So, today we thought we would talk about hurricane preparedness and what it's like to live through a couple of hurricanes, what it's like to live down here where hurricanes are just a fact of life. If you don't want to deal with hurricanes, as me and Katie were talking about, you don't, you, you got to move somewhere else. That's true. Basically. Because. It truly is the way of life down here. It's a hurricane lifestyle. Yes, I had a friend who moved from Oregon to New Orleans a few years ago, and the first bad storm, the streets of St. Charles flooded. Oh, no. She lived, and yeah, she was not down with that life, and I was like, well, welcome to New Orleans. (laughs) (laughs) New Orleans is below sea level. (laughs) Exactly. So let's begin with sharing our funniest hurricane memories. What memories do y'all have from the storms past? Katie and I have been through, or I've been through, I guess, three major hurricanes, a category three, which was Hurricane George, Katrina, 2005. And then I was, we did, uh, what was that one that was like a category two, a few, like a couple of years before I moved. Do you remember? The name I of don't that remember girl. the name. I want to say it was Charles or something. Yeah, I think it was. Her, I think you're right. I think it was like Hurricane Charles or something. It wasn't. We went a couple days without power for that one. There was nothing. I don't know. I stayed at my mother-in-law's, slept on the futon for a couple days. You know. Yeah. No <laughs> Whatever worries. you got to do. I'm trying to remember the funniest. Honestly, like I just remember all of the MREs after Hurricane Katrina and trying mm-hmm. to figure out which one was the best one and like because. Okay, so the thing with Hurricane Katrina was a lot of us were were kind of lulled into this false sense of security over many many years from a lot of like oh this is the big one it's coming and then nothing ever happens there was a lot of different things going on with Katrina so not everybody was as prepared as they should have been ultimately right and so a lot of people went without food without water for a little while and so they had to bring in a lot of what is it the the army national guard right that came down Mm-hmm. And they came in and, and they distributed MREs and we were just like, I don't know, like we had, we had food and water in our house, but running around dropping boxes off at people's houses throughout the, the 
neighborhoods and stuff. And so we were like, oh, okay, what is this one going to taste like today? You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember our dad and our uncle with military experience, like uh, kind of leading us to the right ones. I remember they had comments on that. So thank you, yeah. Uncle Jason. Thank you, Daddy. <laughs> My dad was like, oh my gosh, I remembered these. This is not a good thing. (laughs) He was like, don't eat too many of them. They'll block you up. (laughs) Yep. It's so true though. (laughs) Yep. Oh gosh. Yeah. Ed and Ed and his brothers were eating like four of them a day and still losing weight because of all the amount of work they had to do. Oh yeah. Yeah. After the storm. Wow. So much to do is yeah. overwhelming after Katrina. So yeah. yeah, my funniest memory also deals with food and Katrina. So I stayed with Ed's family and they live not far from Back Bay, but the house didn't flood in Camille. So this is something else people say, oh, it didn't flood in Camille. Well, it flooded during Katrina <laughs> with us inside. It was not good. My dad came like two days later thinking we'd all drowned because there's wow. no cell signal. Yeah. There was this, the pier for Keesler was in the street all this debris was in the street there were bodies in the street yeah this is not exaggerating this is real life stuff from the seafood factories was hanging in the tree plastics from the seafood factories hanging in the tree so we're talking about we're like at a pretty low point here Mm -hmm. the house flooded about two feet on the hill they lost all their cars yeah except for Mm -hmm. a truck that was like high enough in the that was kind of like sits high enough and was in the garage Mm -hmm. or it might have been or it was just high enough to like hose out and get using, you know, get to using it. It was a pretty low point. Well, a couple of days in, we just, right when the, the water actually started to descend out of the house, we started throwing shit out the backyard, into the backyard. Yeah. We took a couple of pictures for the insurance company and started throwing waterlogged crap into the backyard. So after a couple of days of this, our, the neighbors across the street, which y'all know Haley, my friend Haley, it's her family. Mm-hmm. Haley was a little kid then. Haley's like 11 years younger than me. So <laughs> Haley is like a little sister, good friend of mine. And her dad came to check on their house. And it, of course, flooded as well, like all the houses did on that corner of the street. And he crawls in through, like, the, it's like, there's like a boat or something in the front door. So he crawls mm-hmm. through crawls like over the boat and is in the house a while and their freezer had turned over the right way to where they didn't lose everything in it. Oh, wow. So he crawls out of this crawl space and throws a almost thawed turkey out into the debris and was like, y'all want it? (laughs) It might've been the most Mississippi thing. And yeah, we did want it. We totally grilled it that night. I believe it. It did really good. That's that's the that is one thing about right after the hurricane is you eat pretty good for a few couple of days because you got to get mm-hmm. rid of everything in those deep freezers. So yep. yeah, definitely. That's like everybody's having their their quote unquote hurricane party after the hurricane where you're eating like the filet mignon you've been saving because it's gonna go bad. All the shrimp you caught that summer. Yep, we all ate the, fish for days. All the fish frozen in the freezer. That was my memory is that we had these beautiful tuna steaks in the freezer and like we were on the back porch eating outside, grilling up those tuna steaks. I was like, I felt like, you know, we were royalty, which is so wild when you don't have electricity, you don't have power, you don't have running water, but you're eating tuna steaks like... (laughs) 
So that's, those are my memories. Um, and I also remember uh, a few other things like, like the light pollution not being there. So being able mm-hmm. to see like the full on mm-hmm. stars and constellations just, you know, with, with no extra light. That was, that was a, a memory that I have. And just, you know, being younger, I think I was in high school in 2005. So that was, you know, that was just a memory that I had that, uh, I'll, I'll never forget. And another thing, um, I remember uh, my friend, one of my really close best friends, Brittany, uh, showed up, you know, her her dad and her ventured out after the storm and mm-hmm. uh, they came over to visit and we were just having the best old time hanging out uh, in the in the sweltering heat of that, you know, season. Uh, but, you know, it was just so good to see someone you knew that was alive and, you know, it, it was lovely. Lovely. So, so some good memories, but also matched with, you know, some traumatic events for reals. But yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This past one got me with the light pollution too, because yeah. this one was in October. We had one that was supposed to be a one and landfalling was a three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So me and Ed are pulling stuff from the porch at like midnight while the winds are whipping and going around. But anyway, so after it was done the next night, I was like, man, I was like, did one of those street lights get turned on? And it was the moon. <laughs> I was like, it was the moon was that bright without the, oh my gosh. the full moon. And also what's great is when a hurricane is in October, you get a cold front after instead of that like oppressive heat. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all had a really active season this last year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. We went through all the names and then mm-hmm. they did the Greek alphabet. And this year, since they did a lot of the Greek alphabet, they've actually set, or they're actually doing two sets of names. Oh, wow. So they have okay. a set from like A to whatever, A to D or whatever. Then they have another set starting back mm-hmm. at A to go wow. through in case they run through them all again this year. Yeah. It's wow. possible. I mean, mm-hmm. clearly they did it last year, you know, yeah. they yeah. did it last year and, uh, hurricane, the year of hurricane Katrina also went through the whole alphabet as well. That year yeah. as well was yeah. an active season. Yeah. My poor sister, season. they had two hurricanes Ugh. this year and lost their house. So yeah. at yeah. the, after the first one, after they lost their house, they had to evacuate again for another one. Yeah. So when we say it's a way of life, we're talking that this is how it is. You just got to learn how to prepare and, you know, learn how to keep moving on, especially if you love it down here. So yeah. uh, we're passionate about the South. So yeah. well, I, I think that that's one of the things that they always talk about after, after major hurricanes and things like that is the resiliency of the Gulf Coast. And I think mm-hmm. that that really shows, shows the resiliency of the people of the Gulf Coast and people like really just kind of banding together to help make it through things. Everybody's helping. We didn't have a lot of damage at, on our house, but my dad and I were, and, and my sister, we were all, any of us were going to help whoever we could, whoever needed help that we knew about. My aunt had a lot of trees down in her yard. So we spent a lot of time out there. I actually, one of the coolest memories I have is actually the Walter Anderson museum in ocean Springs, Mississippi had a lot of they were trying to save a lot of the watercolors because they were kept in on the Shearwater pottery property at the time. And that whole property got flooded during the hurricane. And so just like vaults basically of, of these like thousands and thousands of watercolor paintings and ink drawings. And, and so I went with my dad who my dad, my dad's one of those people, he just kind of knows everybody, you know? And so he was like, Hey Leah, we need to go help out. And so we went out there and we're pulling paintings 
really slowly apart and setting them out to dry so that they could save them and stuff. And it was kind of, it was a, a very, very cool experience. Also kind of sad because you're like watching a lot of this art get, a lot of it was just destroyed ultimately. And a lot of good things um, yeah. do get destroyed during hurricanes, but just the resiliency of bouncing back and being able to band together and pull through that, I think is, is, is a hallmark of the Mississippi Gulf Coast and the Gulf Coast in general. Yeah, basically, if your job's still there and you can get a trailer in on your property to live in while you're trying to get your life back together, mm -hmm. people pretty much will stay. I mean, we have had a lot of migration since Katrina. For, yeah. For, but that was the kind of a crazy, I mean, right. it looks, and, and there's still sections, you know, it's been over 15 years now and there's still areas I drive by every day going to work that look like a nuclear holocaust happened there. Yeah. It's just completely a few scraggly trees and slabs. Exactly. One of the things that um, really, really stuck out to me were a lot of the, the houses on the beach um, were up on stilts. And so they had these really long staircases to get up to them. And what happened during Katrina is a lot of those houses just washed off the top of the stilts because the, the water came in um, and it was so, so high. high. Yeah, exactly. And, and so you'd have, you'd, you'd drive down the beach and you'd have all these staircases to nowhere, essentially, you know, yeah. there was no house there, but you knew there had to have been something at the time. So it was very, like you said, Mandy, a nuclear Holocaust type thing or post-apocalyptic, you know, type thing. I got turned around. So I'm, I have a pretty good sense of direction and there's two beaches in Ocean Springs and, and a couple days after the storm, my dad and I drove down to check on a friend of his who had a house on the beach and he wanted, they were, they had left. And so they were trying to see like, Hey, is our house still there? Because there's a lot of miscommunications, like everything below I-10, everything below Highway 90, whatever is gone. And you're like, okay, is my house still there? And so he drove the back way to get there because you can't drive down the beach anymore because uh, it's got debris all over it. And I didn't right. know where I was when we parked. I didn't know which beach I was on and I'm staring at it. And now that I know where I was, like, it took me a long time. I had to ask my dad, I was like, where are we? And mm -hmm. that is, that was so surreal for me because that's the town I grew up in. I drove all those back roads that my dad's a back road driver. He drove, he drives all of them. Yeah. It, it was just such a surreal thing to have, to be to not know where I was in my own hometown because it was the beach that I was on. I'd walked every day at work for like, you know, during the summers for like, a, a, like months, you know what I mean? And, and it was, it was the place that I grew up and I didn't even know where I was. It was, it was a very surreal experience and it's just, it had changed so much during that, that one storm that it was crazy to me. Right. And so Leah, you're good with directions. Me, I'm not great with directions whatsoever. So I use landmarks. And when your landmarks are gone mm -hmm. and your street signs are gone, like, like it's, it's, it feel, it felt like we were on a different planet and it really was for a while because everything was so flattened. And like you said, the staircase is to nowhere, the eeriest thing to see when you're mm -hmm. used to seeing these beautiful beach homes, you know, and then uh, there's just concrete concrete or chunks of, you know, plywood left. So yeah, that I agree with you. That was crazy, mm -hmm. really crazy. And then you have, um, 
debris, all the debris in everyone's yards. You have like, I remember the Hard Rock Casino after Katrina had just being, was just finished being built. And yeah, they hadn't even opened yet. They hadn't even opened yet. Exactly. And they had all kinds of memorabilia, like Elvis's guitar, I think was one of them. And all of that memorabilia ended up in people's yards. Luckily they actually had a lot of people return things to them, which was great. Um, but I mean, you know, how much of that got thrown away not knowing what it was or how much of that ended up, you know, in somebody's, in somebody's garage, you know, hanging on the yeah. wall. Pieces <laughs> of old Mardi Gras floats, you know, spread yeah. around, like just some wild images. And I remember a lot of artists, and I don't mean to say take a, took advantage in a bad way. I mean, they took advantage of this moment when our world that we were used to was completely shattered and changed to take amazing photographs of you know these these spots in um uh, uh along the coast and and you can look at you know obviously look these up but uh yeah. the i think the art that came from that from that destruction was you know some amazing stuff so i mean it's a way for people to process their grief and mm -hmm. everything yeah think about the man um who did all the sculptures with the, the from the dead trees that were on yeah. the coast and i think one of the most beautiful things is so along highway 90 and the beach in biloxi there were there were a lot of dead trees from the saltwater intrusion so all the salt water from the gulf comes in and it basically soaks these, into them basically exactly exactly and it kills them so you have all these dead trees so the city of biloxi commissioned an artist to basically create these sculptures and he was creating things like pelicans dolphins jumping out of the water and they were absolutely beautiful and i don't remember his name off the bat i'll have to find that later but there's a book uh, about it too yeah 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 and he's become very famous his sculptures are, are sell for a lot of money now he did such an amazing job but one of the cool things about it is a lot of those trees now are you've seen some that are sprouting since then like they are coming like they can come back after that which is kind of crazy and it, that's really like to me that was even a bigger cooler like symbol of the resilience of the gulf coast and hurricane resilience in general is just like seeing those trees that have been turned into these beautiful forms of art and I think it's a cool way to just kind of move on from and to process that grief and process that those kinds of tragedies and things like that. I think that's a really cool thing that artists are able to help us do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I still, you know, my department was located in downtown Biloxi on Lemieux Street mm -hmm. in the old Biloxi Cultural Center. So at one point, the Biloxi Main Library shared its home with the or the Oro O'Keefe Museum. Mm -hmm. And the department was kind of created from a donation of books from the DAR. So the library was not built to hold an archive is what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. And so what survived and what didn't was based on where it was on the first or second story of the library. Mm -hmm. So I still get questions and this happened again over 16 years ago. And in 2011, after the department was moved around a couple of times, we got our, you know, our permanent home back on Howard and Bellman. I still get people call in to ask if it was lost, something they like researched 20 years ago was lost in Katrina. Yeah. Yeah. Or if we still have this or that document or this. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of things like that were lost. Definitely. I found the name of the artist. Oh, thank it's you. A great, it's a great name. Their name is Marlon Miller. And yes. they, 
Yep, they they um they did this also. So not only in um, Biloxi, but they also did some work in New Orleans. So like this person took advantage in the best way possible to create something beautiful out of you know these dead trees, and uh, they it was a volunteer event or or a volunteer project as well. They you know they didn't receive commission for this. This oh. was something to give back to the community, which is oh, I didn't know, you know that actually that's amazing. So. Yeah. Yeah, he's. I know he's become very famous since then. So I, yep. I know that he's a from, lot of his work is highly sought after now. But and um, he's from Florida, so I think they know a lot about hurricanes. <laughs> yep. Yes, I, I think that's. It was such a, a beautiful thing to see. Um, I still enjoy seeing them anytime you're you're passing around uh, driving down Biloxi in that area too. It's really gorgeous. my favorite. My favorite one is the Angel in Cedar Rest Cemetery in Basin. <sighs> Oh, wow. She like just comes out of like the cemetery. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is so cool. It's an incredible, yeah, it's an incredible uh, sculpture. So let's talk a little about getting prepared for hurricanes for hurricane (laughs) noobs out there. So I don't know. It's really funny. I'm taking the lead on talking about this because like I said, I was not ready for this last one. And also I, there was one, one time we were supposed to have an ice storm. I think it was in 2016 mm-hmm. and I went to Rouse's and bought beer and King cake. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if I am the best. <laughs> well, in, in your defense, an ice storm in the South is not really something we're used to preparing for, at least not in <laughs> Mississippi. So Biloxi, you know. And that's what you call a hurricane party, right? That's what we're, <laughs> that's what we're used to. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So hurricane preparedness. I mean, yeah, you definitely have to go get your like, your, six your pack. fun things, your six pack. Yeah. Or your, your wine. I would suggest um, maybe like a vino verde because it's nice and light and refreshing and you might need that as a pick me up after, but you're going to have to keep it on ice. So you might want to have, you're going to have to drink it pretty quickly, you know, before that power goes out or shortly after. Maybe I would like say a nice red blend for after to go with I that would say, steak. <laughs> sorry. I would say blue moon and zaps trips. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. That would be a good hurricane combo. Cause you need some drinks and you need some snacks, right? So yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I'd say don't so, get like a heavy cab or something, you know, cause that would be a little too heavy for that, the heat that comes after me. <laughs> Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I would, so I have some important, um, you know, uh, uh, something to think about uh, that happened to my mom this past uh, this past hurricane season. Mm, yeah. So she is taking care of our lovely grandma, and uh, she, our grandma needs a different machines to kind of like help her breathe while she's sleeping and different things like that. So think about your older family members who may have equipment that they use Mm -hmm. to like, um, you know, help them do whatever uh, medically wise. Uh, Being able to uh, have a source of power when the power goes out is really important to think about. So to run those machines, a generator works great, but you have to either have bought one beforehand or, uh, you know, borrow one from a neighbor. Because if you think about it while it's happening, there's, you know, who... It's mm-hmm. way too late, exactly. Yeah. So generators are something that you should either already have on hand or think about getting before the next hurricane season. So something important to think about there. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. And, you know, we got to drive this point home. We got to protect the momos. Exactly. Protect, protect our momos. Yeah, you might have to drag her out from the front porch 
<laughs> get her to higher ground because that's the family I live in. I live in the we're going down with the house kind of family. But yep. Yep. <laughs> Mama like, Moa has stayed in her house for every single oh. hurricane. She has never left because it made it through Hurricane Katrina or not Hurricane. Well, it did make it through Hurricane Both. Katrina, but it made yeah. it through Hurricane Camille in 1969. She's not leaving. She's not going. She's not going to go somewhere else. She's not leaving. Yeah, it's like going down with the ship in Titanic. <laughs> So right now, since it's early summer, the best thing to do is go buy extra batteries. Yeah. Make sure you have flashlights, the batteries in your flashlights work, make sure they're not corroded. You also need to make sure that you can also buy like a flat of bottled water or some jugs of bottled water now that are sealed that'll last. Mm -hmm. You can also use non, you know, you can also grab a couple of non-perishable things. Nothing mm -hmm. says hurricane to me like Vienna sausages. Yes, yes. <laughs> Devil canned ham. meats. Yep. Oh, canned yeah. meats. <laughs> so another thing that we have to think about now is, is our phone batteries because those iPhone mm -hmm. batteries y'all do not last long enough. So getting an extra couple of battery, like the power packs or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. And you can um, pre-charge those before a hurricane. Exactly. Yep. They even have some with flashlights on them, you know? Um, but I would definitely get a couple of those just because I know my mom was a little concerned about conserving her, her phone battery, um, during this last hurricane season. And, and I told her that she needs to go out and get one of those because I think it's a, it's, it's necessary because that is your emergency outlet now. Like think about how right. many people do not have even landlines anymore. You know what I mean? And you there's need also a source to call like 911 or, or something like that as well. So, right. There's also those solar powered chargers are fantastic mm -hmm. so you know yeah. putting your phone on one out in the sun and you know those are are usually good True. and you'll have to be aware too after a hurricane it might not be safe to drink the water yes so you might be put under boiled water notices my joke about the bathtub being filled is if you live on a play in a place where you use well water your water will not work once you lose electricity yeah mm -hmm. so you'll have you need a way to flush the toilet <laughs> mm-hmm Yep. It was so funny. My parents have well water and we'll market and they came to like wash dishes. They went like four or five days without electricity. And we only went about 24 hours this past yeah. hurricane. And she goes, my mom's like, it smells like chlorine. I was like, at least it works. <laughs> <laughs> That's very it's not true. water because we live in a neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So we have, you know, city water. Yeah. Yep. My mom would always make sure to fill up the bathtub. We didn't, we weren't even on, we were on city water, but after Katrina, we still had to kind of use some of that for a little while. Um, mm -hmm. but she would always fill up the bathtub, fill up all your sinks. And then also she would get those big, huge gallon jugs of cranberry juice and she would just save the jugs from it. Cause I mean, we were kids, she'd give us juice, you know, um, and she would just save those jugs and fill those up with water before. Um, you can also buy those large gallon jugs for camping and things like that. And those are really great ways to store water right you know, prior to just even your tap water prior to the storm, which is a great way. It's also, it's also more sustainable than a bunch of tiny little plastic water bottles, but yeah, you know, that's just me. <laughs> yeah. You do have to be like very conscientious of all the worst case scenarios. Cause after yes. Katrina, there was a lot of issues with the pump stations and septic too. Mm -hmm. right. And the septic right. backed up on my husband's twin brother. So they had a half bath in the bottom of their house. Mm -hmm. It's still there, but the, it, the toilet backed up on him and sprayed him and he had to be in the front yard being hosed down in his boxers oh gosh and that was in the hornsby household <laughs> oh my gosh the household. so like i'm just saying this oh, just man. because you need to be aware like yeah. all kinds of crazy things could happen mm -hmm. yeah exactly batteries water 
and and non-perishable food yeah things like that also something that actually after Katrina my my uncle came over from Houston and came to get my my grandfather after Katrina because um he was on dialysis and so he needed to go to a dialysis um he had to have a dialysis treatment or hooked up to a dialysis machine so he came and got him and took him back to Houston with him but he brought powdered Gatorade which was honestly because after the storm you're going to have a lot of cleanup to do and all of that kind of stuff so it's actually a really great way um to store something for a long period of time it's non-perishable that way and you can just add it to your water it makes that like crappy boiled water taste a little better too it changes it up a little bit and also can re- help you replenish electrolytes after a, after that because you're gonna be sweating a lot yeah um, and the amount of work that needs to be yeah. done you'll be sweating a lot cleaning up so yeah, mm-hmm. yeah there's exactly. that yeah one of my cousins from Georgia Margaret Margaret you're an angel if you listen to this podcast <laughs> came <laughs> with like they went to Sam's and just loaded up. And since we nice. still, my, my grandparents still have a house and they're on the same grid as Biloxi High School. So they yeah. got power back within six days after mm-hmm. Katrina, which was really good numbers there. Yeah, seriously. Uh, they nice. came and like brought everything and they like passed out. Like they got like a bunch of individually wrapped things. So we could, pay, family members could come and you could just get a bag and just start throwing stuff in the bag for them. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's really, really good. Yeah, my uncle, he brought like a whole van full of things, but that was one of the things I remembered. He brought that and he brought like dried fruit and all kinds of stuff. He definitely also an angel. You have to give a shout out to him too. <laughs> He's I just know. one of those kind of people. He does all those kinds of things. Anytime there's a storm, I, I see him on Facebook. What do you guys need? Let me know. I'll drive it around. He's got a huge van that he uses because he's a musician. So um, yeah, he's he's just really, he's just- The tour bus. <laughs> yeah. He's just oh, one yeah. of those people. Yeah, Ed's uncle that lives in Hattiesburg brought like a big, it was like a big bucket of like fruit. And after like three days, the hot sun, that fruit was really good. Oh, I bet. Because there's like, you don't have a lot of fresh produce. You eat that really quickly, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And speaking of fresh produce or like things that tasted really good. So our, um, we had gas at our house. So we were able to actually heat up some food. We had a simple rice and beans. I remember that. And Mm -hmm. it just tasted amazing because it was like the first hot meal we had had in a while. And okay, I have a question. Do y'all remember that we we had a lot of help, a lot of support from other states and other areas mm-hmm. and groups, you know, groups mm-hmm. brought down all sorts of things, clothes and books and all kinds of stuff. But I remember getting like Louis Vuitton belts and like fa- these jeans branded jean jackets and like all this kind of clothes sent to um, our high school at the time. My so, sister did too because she yeah. was in high school then too. Yeah, I don't I don't know who, but uh, but what I do know is that I remember like these super fancy luxury brands being, you know, handed out to people who just who just, you know, didn't have a, a another shirt in their wardrobe to wear because all their, you know, clothes Everything got gone. ruined exactly. Yeah. So so whoever you are out there. <laughs> yeah, thank you for the shipment of that, but that was that was kind of wild. Mhm. And I wasn't expecting that, that. That's actually a good point is like after storms, what are some of the most useful things for people to send? Because yeah. a lot of times you get a lot of things and you're like, okay, this is a, a, a lot of these people get things to distribute that they can't even use. You know what yes. I mean? This is exactly what happened to my sister because I yeah. brought oh. a load of stuff months later to my sister mm-hmm. in Lake Charles and 
I brought her like two like big jugs of bleach and my sister's like, we have nothing to like bleach. It's just a slab. That's true. So, that's true. So people do mention cleaning products, but really. Yeah. It just depends. I, it just yeah. depends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think one of the most useful things after Katrina was construction was spread so thin that mm -hmm. um, ha having people just come down, a lot of groups came down and helped people like rebuild their roofs or clean out their houses you know, yeah. clean out debris and things like that were, were extremely useful. A lot of the churches came, a lot of church groups came down and did a lot of that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And, and I just know that like helping the, the elderly people that might not have anybody to help them clean out mm -hmm. their, all of their debris and things like that was just super, super useful. Tarps are always a good thing to donate yes. after, I think too, because if mm -hmm. you have a hole in your roof, what you do is you put on one of those blue tarps, you know, I can remember I everybody had blue roofs after Katrina. Yeah. I think too, like, higher end stuff we have to have baby formula that's really expensive mm -hmm. yeah. and uh, feminine hygiene products yes those are always good overlook. things to donate mm -hmm. and if you're donating food perish like non-perishable items don't donate things that need that require things like milk or other things to make with you know what i mean yeah you need so, to be able to add water basically mm -hmm. yep exactly exactly because that might not be something people have or donating you know, a bunch of spaghetti sauce, but no noodles kind of thing, or, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or, or like hamburger helper, like people don't have a lot of meat at the time either, you know, things like yeah. that, you know what I mean? So think, think about what you're donating is always a good thing. It's always appreciated. I know that much. And I think one of the best ways to do it is just to, if you know someone in that area, ask them what they need, right. what people around them need and see or, if there's anything you or can Or if collect. they're okay, make sure you ask them, do you have any friends that need help? Did anyone just have a baby? We have baby clothes. Yeah. You just need to have an open yeah. like, communication about that. Right. Yeah. Cause sometimes it's the specific stuff that you would never think of, mm -hmm. uh, especially like we're talking about uh, baby stuff, you know, and then like we said, foods that don't require Mm -hmm. other means of like heating or other ingredients that you probably can't keep cold like eggs or things like that so yeah yeah exactly super yeah. smart to just communicate and ask mm -hmm. and don't leave your pets out during a hurricane yes that is yeah that's actually a big issue um after storms a lot of animals are missing or they end up in in animal shelters and things like that yeah keep them inside with you bring them with you you can't They're just family leave them members. The house. Especially yeah. don't leave a, a pet in a cage and leave them, which yeah. is something that's sadly common. Now, this past time I had a I felt very bad. So I have my two boys that were inside with us and I tried to get their mama inside and I had her inside for a while, but she was wigging out because she's scared and closed inside. These are, these are cats, by the way. They're cats, yes. <laughs> I should as I should clarify, they're cats. But Not it was only supposed voice. to be like a category one, like a tropical storm. I was like, oh, she'll get under the shed. And then it was like a three. I oh, felt no. so bad, but she was okay. She got yeah. under the shed. She was safe. She was, she's yeah. also an outdoor kitty. Like she, yeah, she, she adopted her. She doesn't like being inside for long periods of time. Right. I feel like she adopted me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's that's true. what I should say. She yes. likes me as her owner. She's the one that wandered up and <laughs> mm -hmm. it's so true. Mandy, I, and feel, you're, I feel terrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. Just thinking about that, like not pinning up your animal and then they don't have the means to go get what they need because mm -hmm. we got to give animals credit. They actually, they can take care of themselves if, if it come, you know, if it's necessary. So mm -hmm. 
Oh, and also things can get really intense emotional with your family. You might want to hearken back to our uh, family gauntlet episode. It's triple, it's triple worse after yeah. a hurricane. Yeah. So true. <laughs> everybody's it, emotions are high. Everybody's tired. Everybody's hot. Everybody's cranky. Everyone's you know. worried. Mm -hmm. Work yeah. to the bone, you know, work to the bone because they've, yeah. you know, been cleaning or doing whatever mm -hmm. to try and, and pick what? up the mess. And I'm going to say, especially after a storm like Katrina, whatever emotional breakdown you need to have, you do it. I think actually like they've proven like some of the trauma people have gone through during Katrina is similar to like people coming back from war. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and on top of that, the people, you can actually get something that's called like survivor guilt. So yes. after a huge thing like that, when, you know, I, I had so many friends that lost houses, lost family members. You know, I know people that literally had to swim out of their house or like floated out on a mattress. And I know that Mandy went through, she had a pretty traumatic experience during Katrina as well. You know, their house was flooding. They had to get on the second floor, everything like that. Not to mention like the all of the stuff that came after that, you know, so you get something yeah. that's called survivor's guilt and you're like, you don't even want to say you like, Oh no, nothing. Like we were fine. Nothing happened to us. You know, yeah. like we, we just got like a tree on our roof and you're like, you just feel so lucky. You feel bad about that, which is, you know, that's a perfectly normal experience as well. So, yeah. um, just, just be aware of that. You know what I mean? And, and you still like, you still went through that same, ex not the exact same experience, but you still went through that together and that just puts you in a position to honestly help all of those other people more exactly you know? yeah and, exactly. and don't be and don't be guilted into not evacuating if you feel any doubt evacuate yes if you have young children you evacuate like and i'm not yeah. talking about for any category yeah you know? yeah there's no there's no guilt in evacuating i think that that's if you have the means to do it i think it's a great i think it's a great mm -hmm. option you know um, because weather is so unpredictable and we hope that the storm isn't as strong as they say, you know, we hope that it's the reverse. We hope that it is, you know, it, it starts to fall and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's what you hope for. You never hope for it to be worse, of course. Uh, and then yeah. when the, it surprises you and it does pick up speed, uh, those are the times when you got to lean on your neighbors and, you know, be a mm -hmm. good neighbor and help out where you can. That physical labor is, you know, if you, if you can, it's really helpful to help mm -hmm. people clean up after those destructive storms. So yeah, exactly. Just to reiterate, prepare early. So start thinking about it now. Don't wait until the day before. Get right. water, batteries, flashlights. Think plan about, for elders. Yep, plan yep. for elders. Things that you need to, things that you are going to need to charge or keep, um, use a generator for something. Think about those kinds of things. Have a, but, an evacuation plan in mind. Mm -hmm. so yes, decide your evacuation plan. Know what, know if you live in a flood zone or not. Oh, a radio is another good thing that we might not always think about now. Um, mm -hmm. That's another good emergency thing because those radios, they run off of batteries, y'all, you know, and they'll mm -hmm. work. That's like, that's like what low tech, lower tech stuff, like yeah. analog, go back to your analog days, right? Yeah. That um, fancy iPhone's not going to pull signal, but that radio right. sure will. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if you don't know how to use a radio, you can YouTube it, I'm sure. <laughs> but do that ahead of time, y'all. Okay. That's, yeah. that's for all our yeah. little babies out there. Um, I was going to say. That, yeah. I know that I've had to like talk to a lot of people before, you know, that have moved down to the South. Like when I, when I was in grad school, I went to grad school in the South. And so a lot of the graduate students weren't actually from there. And so they were freaking out during their first 
um, yep. tropical storm experience. <laughs> they're like, Leah, I don't know what to do. What do I do? You know? And I'm like, it's not a big deal. Let's walk through this. Get yourself together. <laughs> well, it's kind it's- of funny. You know, we took our road trip out west this summer and we had a, we actually left between storms, the, the hurricane, the bad one that wrecked, you know, ravaged my sister's town was coming mm-hmm. in and we had another, we were, had a tropical storm that was pushing yeah. in the day we left, basically like wiggled it out between these two storms and had to go, we couldn't go West. We had to go like North through Jackson and cut across mm-hmm. Northern Louisiana to, to go on our trip. But it was funny because we went to a, a like wine shop in Colorado Springs after we'd been there a few days. They're like, Oh, are you evacuating for the hurricane? I was like, man, that'd be a great evacuation. <laughs> I'd evacuate every time if I could go somewhere cool. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? Evacuation? 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. That's that's a hard one. (laughs) Evacuation. Evacuation. It was funny, but we'd already planned this a month ahead of time because we weren't going to sit and be sad about our UK trip being canceled. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. So. That's good, and and he came to to visit me, so I was mm-hmm. I was very happy and excited about that. And but it also gave you a way to like if there was something that your sister needed, you know, we could have we you could have gotten it too, which would have been yeah. really helpful. But um, she had she had a lot of support, which was great. Um, mm-hmm. you guys have yeah, because we were so. driving through Texas, I was like, wherever you need us to stop, we can stop in El Paso, we can stop in San Antonio. <laughs> Let me stop before I get there. We got you know, I'll put it in the trunk. I'll sit yeah. on top of it, you know. <laughs> Yeah, by that point, we'd have to sit on top of it. Yeah, exactly. You could stop at a Bucky's and get anything you need. (laughs) (laughs) Me and my sister had a conversation because they first, when they evacuated for the storm that did their house in, they came home to Gulfport. Yeah. But when they evacuated for the second one, they went to Texas. And they were talking, she was telling me about Bucky's. (laughs) That is a whole culture. (laughs) Yeah, we went to Bucky's. Our first Bucky's was on that same day where we left for the tropical storm. Oh my like, gosh. The day of our trip, the sun was setting and me and I had been in the car and grouchy with each other all day. We left two hours later. I was mad at him. <laughs> you know how that goes. Married life. Yep. And it's like, Ed, Ed had been to Bucky's and I'd never been. And we had to like keep rerouting because the like road was really weird to get into mm-hmm. the Bucky's. So we stopped in one like south of Dallas. Nice, nice. And oh, he made wow. me buy. He made me buy wine in a can to like calm down. <laughs> There's yeah, always that great. the breaking point during your travel, right? <laughs> There's yeah. always that breaking point. <laughs> and this was day one. <laughs> but we still oh had like God. four more hours left to get to Wichita Falls, Texas. Well, so, emotions yeah. were high. I mean, there was a lot going on. So <laughs> I still feel like this is a hurricane adjacent story because we left that morning and I drove from, yeah. and Leah knows the struggle. You know the struggle, Katie. I drove in tropical storm rain from Wiggins all the way to Jackson. Oh, Which is, that means Awful. you're not going the, the, the speed limit. You're going lower and yeah, like super slow. Highway 49, y'all, if it's raining, has standing water. So be very careful, listeners, if y'all ever need to do 49 in the rain, like north of, north of, basically north of Stone County. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. Not to interject, but I think I I thought of the funniest story having to do with a hurricane is that um, during Hurricane Katrina, Mandy and I were both at USM. The, The choices were either stay in the dorm or evacuate and go home. And Mandy and I, I'm pretty sure, were the only two people driving south on Highway 49 
to go home for Hurricane Katrina. Everybody else was driving north. And yep. we were like, I'm not going to, we were both like, I don't want to stay up here and not know what's going on on the coast with our family. I'd rather, you know, ride or die, I, be with them. You know, I did not even trust stability of Panhellenic dorm either. No. Well, and in, in, in places like Hattiesburg, you're going to get a lot of tornadoes and things and they got hail. Yeah. Everybody that yeah. stayed up there, all their cars got the windows knocked out from hail, you know, yeah. and then and they, they were spent the entire night on the floor on the bottom level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And they, they didn't have power. They were like the, I mean, they got food and stuff from the dining hall and things like that, but it's still, they all had to leave campus within 24 hours after the, after yeah. the hurricane was done. So yeah. So we, we made the right decision, but it's just funny because Mandy and I were like, uh, we're headed South. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, yep, we're going South. Going the south. two of us, only two people driving South. <laughs> Jerry brings that up to this day. <laughs> Jerry's like, Mandy's so always the only one driving south during hurricane. <laughs> oh my gosh. I got home so quick that day. <laughs> do y'all remember the giant uh, tornado that ripped through Hattiesburg and like destroyed the music department yeah. and that whole mm -hmm. like, yeah. well, Brady and I were staying in, in um, the apartment complex there that's close to the dance and theater department. If it, if I was looking out my back window, I would have seen the tornado <laughs> that was like, and, and what was crazy about it was you could tell something was off. You know how the sky turns green. Well, mm -hmm. Well, I was making pho, Vietnamese noodle soup in the kitchen and just enjoying my time, you know, stirring up the soup. Brady had popped outside to chat with his mom on the phone and she went, wherever you are, you need to go to a safe location. And he like in the calmest voice was like, Katie, we need to go downstairs and knock <laughs> on Dave's door and get in his bathroom. And we did that. And we saw as we were going downstairs to like, you know, be like, hey, neighbors, uh, let us come in. We're going to get in your bathroom. Um, he let us do that. But we saw Brady's roommate walking home from work. <laughs> Like as this is happening, so I can't even believe I forgot about this story. But yeah, so so I was like, I left the suit, I turned the soup down, you know, and then and by the time this whole experience was over, we had soup and it was fantastic. But <laughs> and then didn't your downstairs roommate or the, the the guy that lived downstairs wasn't he, he like, was like, what are you what? talking about? What? Like, had no idea what was going on. Was not watching the weather. We were definitely watching the weather, but weren't yeah. expecting that to happen like right mm -hmm. behind us. But yeah. not even kidding. Not a joke. Not, not a, um, an exaggeration. If I would have looked out the window, I would have seen mm -hmm. that giant tornado. But, there was yeah. so many nights I had to stay under on the last floor of Panhellenic. Yeah, mm -hmm. because of tornadoes. And they'd have like the, the campus sirens going off and the city sirens going off at the same time. It was very eerie. Yeah. 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 One time, um, one of our members, we've mentioned her in the, before, <laughs> she was terrified of bad weather and she slept in her underwear and she would jump off the top bunk, holding her pajama bottoms, run down the hallway in her underwear and bang on each door being like, get out, we're all going to die. <laughs> Like clockwork, oh my gosh. every every tornado. That was your alarm, was it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you know, she was gonna, yeah. she was not gonna let anyone leave, you know, mm -hmm. let anyone oh. leave anyone behind. <laughs> well, and they had the tornado sirens too. Did those go off during that one, Katie? Yeah, they, they did. did. Yeah, they did. 
Yeah. And that's, it was like everything happened at once though. Like he was chatting on the phone with his mom. His mom was letting him know sirens are going off. Sky is green, you know, just yeah, setting the picture. Everything's just happening so fast. So, and then my non-confrontational sister taking <laughs> over and telling her downstairs neighbor, you need to move and let us inside right now. Exactly. Like, no there nonsense. Was, there was no asking. It was, we're coming in and we're in your bathroom. Like, like we yeah. sat in his tub and he was in the bathroom like so why are you here <laughs> he had no idea what was going on so oh my I'll, gosh. I'll tell y'all one more story before we sign off today i think it's, i think we've talked hurricanes in pretty good depth so yeah we moved on to tornadoes let's go <laughs> yeah, we talked about the tornadoes in Hattiesburg. we talked about all, all of our hurricane experiences yeah water and wind water and wind actually it's some pretty ratchet but like tropical storm nights too. And I lived in Vietnam yep. as well. Well, when I was in Edinburgh one night, I would stay up late and at 3 a.m. my water started rippling like on the scene on Jurassic Park. There was a, tor- it was a, it was an earthquake. Oh there my been, gosh. There, been, there was an earthquake in mid England that night that the reverberations were felt all the way up in Edinburgh. And I was about to lose my crap. <laughs> I did not know what to do with, I know what to do in a hurricane. I know what to do during like bad weather, but I did not know what yeah. to do for an earthquake. <laughs> you know how wow. to drive in a tropical storm. <laughs> you know how to drive in a tropical storm. <laughs> and deal with like freak hail storms in Mississippi, mm-hmm. but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. It, it was okay. It stopped after a minute. And then the next morning there were news stories about this earthquake. That's wow. crazy. Yeah. But I was like, what do I do? I'm on the top floor of a 16th century tenement flat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> with stone steps. What are we supposed to do with this? That's oh crazy. And that just goes to show you that like, no matter where you are, whatever, whatever natural disasters are prone in that area, you have to figure out what you need to be aware of what you're doing. So like, yeah, harking back to those grad students who are like, I don't know what to do. It's a tropical storm. Do I, do I evacuate? Should I go home? You know, those kinds of things. Yeah. Pre- being prepared is always, is, is always important. And that's one of the reasons we wanted to do I think this episode, because we can talk about our own personal experiences, our failures and our successes, right? And pre-planning and preparation is like the key. And Mm -hmm. and then there's always going to be something that you learn every experience. So Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. So thank y'all for listening. Share with us your own hurricane experiences on our social media at Don't Tell Momma. I think a a storm is a brewing. Probably. For more stories and all things Southern, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcast. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and other social media platforms at Don't Tell Momo. We would like to give a big thank you to David Sewell for the original music. Thank you to all of our Momos who have inspired us along the way. And thank you to Anchor for your incredibly user-friendly site. 